Episode 211 of the Pilot the Pilot podcast takes off now. Fly with Garmin Avionics, then grab your mobile device and make the Garmin Pilot app your cockpit companion. Get advanced functions you'll use before, during, and after every flight, including updating your aircraft's databases and logging engine data, plan, file, fly, log, with Garmin Pilot. The Pilot the Pilot podcast is brought to you by The Finer Point. They have an amazing ground school app for the knowledge you need to fly. To learn more, visit learnthefinerpoints.com. AV Nation, what is going on? And welcome back to the Pilot the Pilot podcast. Today's episode is kind of like an Ask Me Anything. Today is a day in the life. I have never done one of these before, so I have no idea how long it's going to be. It could be five minutes, it could be 10 minutes, it could be four hours. Just depends on what day I choose because they are all different. <laughs> that is the one constant in the industry that I'm in and the type of flying that I do is that whatever I say is only about one day. Uh, Every day is different. I've had some days where we have no flights. I've had some days where we have one flight. I have some days where we had one flight and it was the longest day and the most tiring day. And I've had some days where I've had five flights and it was just a great day. So before we kick this off, I just want everyone to know that this industry, this side of aviation changes so fast. Uh, It is very dynamic. It's very fluid. It's a lot of fun. Um, you just really to survive in this side, you really cannot get fixated on an overnight. You can't get fixated on a destination. You can't get fixated on really anything. Even what the weather is doing in a certain region, there was one day we had a whole day planned to fly up and down the West coast. And there was a huge blizzard in Cleveland. And I actually posted, I said, thank goodness I'm not flying to Cleveland. The one place there's a blizzard in the whole world. We flew two legs that day. And on our second leg, they decided to be like, Hey, JK, you're going to Cleveland. (laughs) So yeah, you literally have to be prepared for anything at any time and really get a good understanding of where you could go and what the weather is going to be like in all those areas. You have to be prepared for all of it. Uh, This this episode should be interesting. If you like this episode, I'll keep doing more because like I said, it's so dynamic and it changes so much that I feel like I could just have a whole podcast dedicated to a day in the life of what we do. And it's even like good content for a vlog if uh, my company was ever let me do stuff like that. But nonetheless, I don't want to take up much more of your time. You know the typical intro. Like and subscribe. Leave reviews on iTunes, on Spotify. Steal your friends' phones. Like, subscribe. Make sure that they follow this podcast. And check out Pilot's Coffee, the best coffee. I don't know how many times I can say that without you actually believing me. But it is the best coffee. It is so good. Whether you want steep bags, whole beans, or ground coffee, we've got it for you. But Aviation, here is a day in the life of Pilot the Pilot being a fractional pilot. All right, so to kick it off, I did pose this as a question box on Instagram. Uh, There are tons of questions, not all applicable to a day in the life, more of an ask me anything. So maybe in the future, I'll save some of those for that. But there were a couple and one in particular that I really laughed at. It was, what is your morning routine for when you wake up, (laughs) when you're on the road? Uh, My morning routine is to sleep as much as I possibly can and contemplate sleeping more or skipping breakfast, depending on which one I want. Um, that's usually the argument that goes on my mind. And I usually pick sleep because we can order crew catering and we can get breakfast on the road. So a lot of times I'd choose catered breakfast over fake eggs and a holiday inn or or some other odd breakfast that some hotels might be serving. So morning routine, that's pretty laughable. Every once in a while, like today where I'm speaking right now, I was able to have a decent morning. That's because we didn't land in Scottsdale until 1 a.m., 
we got to the hotel and they gave us off until 3.30. So 3.30 is our show time. We are completely off, can't do anything, don't want to answer the phone until 3.30 p.m. today. I was able to get coffee. I was able to, and by get coffee, I mean make pilot's coffee. Uh, I actually did go to Dutch Bros because it's, I've never been there before. And I met someone and introduced them to Pilot's Coffee, so hopefully they're trying better coffee than Dutch Bros. But uh, I was able to drink coffee, go on a walk, and kind of have a good day, have a good reset, because it was a grind. The last four days, three days, have been an absolute grind. We've flown 16 hours in three days, probably about 10 legs or so. Uh, I don't have my work phone on me right now, but probably about 10 legs. Uh, and it's been constant, constant, constant changes. Le- yesterday in specific, we were landing in, where were we? We were getting ready. No, we landed in Salt Lake City. We're supposed to go to Midway next. They told us, no, stay in Salt Lake City overnighting. So we requested a rental car. Uh, that rental car request got denied. They didn't have any rental cars. And then they're like, no, JK, you're actually going to be ferrying to Corvallis. And they're like, oh, wait, no, JK, you're actually going to be ferrying to LAX. And then five minutes later, no, JK, you're going to Scottsdale. Uh, so, and that was all in five minutes. <laughs> it changes so fast. And I'm not complaining about it because my whole career has been this kind of craziness in aviation. And I really do believe that the job I have is the best job in aviation. Uh, you just have to have the mindset for it. You have to be prepared for it. You have to go in knowing, like I said in the intro, that the destination you're supposed to go to is probably not going to be the destination you will end up in. And you just have to be okay with that. We go to some cool places. We do get cool overnights. We do get longer overnights, but we also work really hard when we're on the road. It's not just to turn left. It's doing some other stuff as well, like uh, cleaning the cabin, making sure everything looks good. But enough about that. That's kind of similar to the intro. Let's kind of talk about a day that we have had recently. I'm going to do yesterday, or no, I'll do two days ago. So we start in Idaho Falls, wake up at 9 a.m. or We have a 10 a.m. show. We have one, two, three, four legs today. Uh, We're supposed to end in, originally we're supposed to end in DFW. We actually end in Tango Mike Echo, which is Houston Executive. This day was filled with a million changes. Let me look at my brief calendar real quick. And I have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23 different schedules they had for us that day. That means 23 changes. Uh, and most of the changes was our last flight. There was a bunch of freezing rain going on in Dallas-Fort Worth. There was a lot going on uh, of weather in the area, whether we go there, whether we go somewhere else, uh, and it just continued all day. We had probably six or seven different chips pop up, and 20 other times DFW came up one way. DFW came up and went away. We ended up going to Houston Executive, and it was a very bumpy flight going in there. It was low ceilings. It was cold. It was like 30 degrees. It was... Uh, it was not that enjoyable. <laughs> but anyways, let's start at the beginning. We started Idaho Falls, um, find out that they couldn't get our catering, which happens every once in a while, especially in, I know Idaho Falls really isn't the smallest city, but in more obscure places. So big cities, we never really have to worry about the catering issues. But in smaller places that maybe we don't frequent as much, catering can become an issue. So we were not able to get our crew food there, which kind of was a problem because we were staying in Hampton Inn. I didn't eat any breakfast, so I was starving. But not the end of the world because we were able to push it to San Francisco which was our next destination. So we took two people out of Idaho Falls and we flew them to San Francisco. They have catering, had the same issue. The caterer wasn't able to deliver. So there wasn't much we had to do for catering. So when we wake up in the hotel, as I said in the intro earlier, I choose sleep over breakfast, especially on this day. Wake up in the hotel, we get a Lyft or an Uber. That's usually how we get around everywhere. We can request a rental car and if they have them, they will book them. 
every once in a while we are so on demand that rental cars are being booked in so many different cities it's hard to keep up so sometimes it's just easier to count on a Lyft and Uber even though they might not always be available especially in a place like Idaho Falls or even in TME in Houston Executive we had to wait 30 minutes for a Lyft or an Uber after a long day but we get our Uber uh, Uber meets us right outside and we go straight to the airport Luckily, the plane was in a hangar along with three other latitudes, a Gulfstream, and some really cool, I think it was a beach dagger. We ended up beach 18, which was cool to see. But we uh, do the pre-flight in the hangar. We ask for ice and papers. We ask for hot water and our hot water canisters uh, so we can make tea or pilot's coffee. And we get the plane ready. You know, we walk around, make sure everything looks good. We start the AP. We get it nice and warm. Make sure the plane's in a presentable appearance, which most of the time it is because they're pretty much brand new. I think the oldest latitude's five years old, maybe six years old right now. That's the oldest airplane will ever fly. I think I just saw a report saying that an RJ is flying with 50,000 hours on it which one is a testament to that airplane and that platform and how they can fly it for so long. And also, wow, that's a long freaking time. I bet that plane has some serious MELs and some issues with it. But anyways, we got the plane ready. Uh, it does not take long to get the latitude ready. There's some system tests that you have to do. Uh, you have to wait a little bit to turn on the APU so the Garmin can go through all its tests. The G5000 uh, is amazing. It makes everything very easy. We only have about nine system tests that we have to run once we get the APU started, and two of those are HF. So, I mean, then it comes down to seven. So it's really interesting. And I, on this day, we actually had a slight maintenance issue. But with the airplane, which is so crazy, it is just one massive computer. 99.99% of all problems in this airplane just needs a Control-Alt-Delete, a.k.a unplug the batteries well we don't do that but aka turn it all off and turn it back on and this is all on the ground obviously don't get crazy this is all on the ground we will shut everything down wait a couple of minutes turn it back on and they usually clear themselves if not call maintenance figure it out it's an mel nef whatever it might be but this issue, this issue was very small uh, we could have flown with it as it was but they told us to, to shut the batteries down and to give it another chance so we did that and everything worked out perfectly passengers showed up on time uh it can <laughs> The one funny thing about saying on time is they are on time whenever they show up. Uh, if they show up early, they're on time. If they show up on time, they're on time. If they show up late, they're on time. It is their airplane and there is no set. I mean, there is a set schedule, but we are there for them. So they show up two hours late. That's on time for them. And we will take off and leave. Uh, we flew to San Francisco. It was a, a good flight. We uh, in route or usually before we leave, we'll call the FBO, give them a heads up, be like, hey, we're flying these two people. They have this car, they have this driver service, or we need this food on the other end. And then the FBO usually says, okay, we'll take care of it. And then we land at a place like San Francisco. You cannot have the car on the ramp, which is an issue. They have a bus and they're just able to drive off or they're just able to walk to the front. Uh, we had to grab them some catering because they didn't have catering in Idaho Falls, and we were able to get it in San Francisco, get them on their way. Now, San Francisco has a locker, so at multiple airports across the world, maybe world, but mostly United States, we have lockers where we have our stock. There are different rooms where we have badge access. Let's take a break from today's episode to hear from our sponsor, RAA. Did you know that you could be investing up to $7,000 per year in a tax-deferred IRA for your spouse if they're not working? This is called a spousal RIA, and many pilots are not aware the strategy is available to help minimize your tax burden while simultaneously increasing your family's nest egg. Founded by pilots for pilots and with four decades of financial planning and investment management experience, RAA is intimately familiar with the unique benefits, risks, and career timelines that pilots face. Whether you're early in your career like me or you spent years flying the line, RAA is here to help you navigate your financial journey from takeoff to touchdown. 
To see if a spousal IRA is right for you and to learn more helpful investment and money tips, download RAA's free seven financial facts or pilots guide today at raa.com slash pilot to pilot. That's pilot to pilot. With high resolution coast to coast composite radar and cloud to cloud, cloud to ground lightning updated every 2.5 minutes along with always available weather products like METARs, ECOTOPS, and storm tracks. Sirius XM lets you fly confidently knowing that your weather information is available at 500 feet or at your destination 500 miles ahead. Check out aopa.org forward slash Sirius XM to get a two month free trial to try these products out for yourself. It's pretty much a convenience store for anything and everything we need on the airplane. So whatever the passengers take at these places, we have the ability to put stuff back on, which is great. And we did that probably took about 10 minutes. Uh, It does not take a long time to clean these airplanes. Uh, 15, probably 10, 30 minutes max if you have eight people and they absolutely destroy the airplane, which does not happen very often. I know a lot of people get a little bit scared about how much extra work we do here. It doesn't take a long time. And we have probably 10 airports across the country now where it is you land there, you can walk away from the airplane, give it to a cleaning crew and they clean it, they stock it, they spray it down, they make sure everything is good to go, sanitized and ready to go. It is amazing and it's one of my favorite things. And that day we actually went to Las Vegas and we were able to do that. We were able to get a full clean, a full stock and get ready for our next passengers. So San Francisco, we actually were able to pick up more passengers. It is very often that we have passenger and passenger trips back to back. There is usually a farrier or two in the day, depending on how many legs you're flying. But this particular day, we had four total legs. We had three passenger legs, two of them in the beginning, then one ferry, and then a passenger leg to end the day. So we land at SFO around 1242. Our next leg is to leave San Francisco at 142 and head down to Scottsdale. Uh, surprisingly, Scottsdale weather was not good. It was raining. It was thunderstorms. Uh, it was a desert full of rain. It was crazy. It's the first time I've ever been to Scottsdale when it has been raining and it's not ideal. There are not too many approaches. We had to shoot the GPS Delta circle to land. Uh, my company has its own visual. So once we had the airport in sight and we were legal, we were able to shoot our own visual approach. That is a, a GPS visual approach. And it, it's crazy. It's pretty much like a visual RMP. And we get to shoot that down and come on into Scottsdale. And it makes life very, very easy. Uh, someone was asking about planning. What do we do? I feel like this is a, a, another kind of thought that gets confused with what we do. We have a full dispatch team. We have owner services. We have our own catering department that makes sure everything behind the scenes is taken care of. So dispatch goes through everything. They go through all the notas. They go through all the MELs. They go through uh, our, our numbers, our performance numbers, uh, what altitude we fly at. They go through everything and they make sure that we can legally and safely do every single flight. It is then up to us to, uh, whether they give us that, it's up to us to, to determine if that is correct. I mean, obviously PIC and SIC, we have to determine if this is something that is safe and we can actually do. And, and nine times out of 10, 9.9 times out of 10, Dispatch is usually right with everything they do and the log looks good and we can go. But uh, someone is asking about weather. Dispatch will not dispatch us into anywhere that we cannot legally land, whether it's weather, whether it's performance limitations, whether it's anything whatsoever, they cannot dispatch us there. So if we can legally do it, we have the numbers to do it, we will be dispatched. Uh, but that's not something that we necessarily have to worry about. We get our dispatch up to two, maybe four, four to two hours before every single flight and we look at it and we make sure it looks good, and then we're on our way. Uh, fuel, they let us get pretty much as much fuel as we want, as long as we can legally land and we're underweight. Um, it, it, it's pretty great. Uh, they take care of everything for us, and we just show up, 
And, and they really, really, really make it as easy as possible for us to get the job done on a daily basis. So there's not much planning on our end. I, I wake up, I look at the big picture, I'll pull up Garmin Pilot and I'll see what's going on in the world. I'll see uh, where the pirates are. I'll see where the weather systems are, what the winds are doing in certain places. And Garmin Pilot makes that incredibly easy to do. It is uh, one of my favorite tools. Like I've said a million times, it's like having a G5000 in my pocket, which is just great for familiarity familiarity, can't say that word, and um, just getting the work done. So once we landed in Scottsdale, we had another hour to ferry to go over to Las Vegas. Now, if I remember correctly, they didn't know what they wanted to do with us and we needed to eat at this point. So we took a little bit extra time. I think we stayed on the ground for an hour and 10 minutes, 10 minutes extra, no big deal. We just let them know, hey, uh, this schedule is a little bit compressed. We didn't have enough time to eat and they give us a block in our schedule. They usually give you an hour to either go get food or eat your crew food that you have. So you never go hungry here. Um, that is one major thing. In fact, they always say if you come here, you're most likely going to gain weight because all you do is sit down and eat, which is very, very true. Now, I think one thing I didn't touch on is kind of customer service when you're in the air. Uh, you really play it. You have to read the situation. You have to really understand if this this set of passengers wants a very, very attentive uh, and, and their needs taken care of. And by needs taken care of, I mean uh, showing them where the catering is, maybe offering to get it for them or showing them where the drinks are. I'm not back there playing flight attendant and making cocktails. Uh, I'll make coffee because we have an espresso and it's just one button. But it, it, that's really as far as that goes. We make sure that they have everything they need and they're very self-sufficient and they can take care of everything that they get and that they want. We just need to show them where it all is so they know. Uh, a lot of times passengers will come up to our plane and come up to the cockpit. We don't have a door. We just have a small curtain that we can shut if they would like. But a lot of times the curtain's open and we are visible to them. Uh, a lot of times they'll come up and talk to us, see how we're doing, see how our day is going. It's, uh, it can be a very personable experience, which is a lot of fun and is one of the things I love about it. There's no, no big cockpit door. We can talk uh, if they want or not. But like I said, you really have to be able to read the situation and get a good understanding of uh, their mood. And if they want to talk or if they just want to ride, sometimes they're just the Uber of the skies, which is perfectly fine. We show them what they need, give them the safety brief, get on in, fly them two hours and take them out and then let them go on their day. And that's perfectly fine as well. And that's actually what happened on the second flight. Uh, we brought them to Scottsdale. They're perfectly happy, got them off and they were good to go. So we ferry to Las Vegas. Uh, this is the first ferry of the day. A lot of times, most time, it's usually passenger than ferry. Like I said, sometimes it could be passenger, passenger, passenger. Just depends on how it goes and how scheduling does it. Uh, we have a scheduling department that schedules all that, owner services that gets in contact with scheduling, and they make it work. Um, everything that I'm talking about, so my schedule is all run by a program that we have and they find out the best way to do it and then it has human interaction to make sure that that's okay and that actually works. So hey, it's all run by this one computer, don't know the name of it, that takes care of everything and makes it happen. So our next flight was Scottsdale to Las Vegas. We want 5,000 pounds of fuel and our minimum fuel is 3,102. Uh, the flight plan it was for 40 minutes, 246 miles, and uh, we have our whole route that gives us a uh, max shear, gives us every fit, a filing strip. We have everything we need on our phone. It's actually incredible. Departure numbers, arrival numbers, uh, load chart, flight release, flight plan, everything is on here, as well as feasibility, as well as notums. It's all very visible and very easy to read, and it's a great tool that we have, this application. Um, 
we had this other fight go to Las Vegas. It was actually interesting because we we're expecting one nine right. And then they told us two six left. And then as we got closer, they said, all right, JK, you're allowed to do one nine right. So uh, constantly changing. Uh, usually for flow, the approach controllers don't really understand where we want to go. I mean, in Vegas, all private planes want one nine right or one left. Uh, so that's what they usually want. But the flow, they don't really understand how it's going to work until you get closer in tower or the, the sooner, closer in approach will give you what you'd like. Uh, we did the RNP visual or RNAV visual, I should say, that has an RF leg on it. The latitude is the only one that's allowed to do it in our in our company, which is pretty sweet. Uh, it's pretty much you go straight toward the stratosphere, hang a left, come on in and land, uh, and then we go to our FBO. Uh, Vegas is the place that I was talking about that has a service hub, is what we call it, where we have dedicated crews. It's pretty much like a NASCAR pit team. They come on, clean it, stock it, make sure we don't need anything and get the plane ready to go and check the oil and we are on our way. We had a 7 p.m. departure. We were taking six people. This was a 135 trip. Uh, we have we operate under 91 rules, 91K and 135. 91 is going to be ferries. 91K is uh, separate ownership and 135 uh, is usually cards. Uh, people that buy our cards, if you don't know what that means, I don't have time to really look into it, nor do I know all the specifics. All we usually do is just fly the plane and see what the, the operating rule is. But the differences in those is uh, 135, you have to shoot one, you have to fly 135 minimums, 91K falls under 91 minimums. So uh, say on a 135 trip, if it's a little bit under, or say you can't get into an airport because of clouds or because of visibility, you cannot shoot the approach. But on 91K, you can legally start the approach if it's under your visibility. You can try it and you can see if it works and you can go in and land if you get the airport in sight. Where 135, you're not able to do that. But we had this trip, Las Vegas to TME with a 7 p.m. departure and a 2348 local time we would arrive. Uh, they were delayed a little bit for us to get there. It was just kind of how the day went on. Six people. We can take up to eight people in latitude. One seat is in the bathroom. It's not the best seat in the world, but it is uh, definitely a, uh, <laughs> a more comfortable seat than some planes. That's for sure. Uh, they did a catering. Uh, it was quite a bit of catering. I think it was four charcuterie boards. And the weird thing about this catering, and I don't think they suggested it or wanted it, but the caterer gave it to them is they gave them charcuterie board oil, which the charcuterie board already had meats and it already had all the bread, everything on it. So you're not going to take it all off and then rub oil on the board, which is kind of confusing. But nonetheless, there was four things of, of board oil on there. So if, I guess if you want to collect board oil, you need to come here and you'll be ready to go. Uh, we flew the two and a half hour trip, and as we said, we had a shoot and approach. Pretty close down to minimums in the TME. Once we landed at TME, uh, their cars were, were waiting right outside. Like I said before, en route, we either do Air Inc. or we will call on the phone on our satellite phone, or we can call on our cell phones, and we will set it all up ahead. We'll give the name if it's over a private, um, if it's over a phone number or it's through text message. We don't give the names out over any kind of frequency just for protection and uh, privacy, but we'll do that. And the cars were waiting for him. They went on their way. We were going to the hotel. Once we shut down the airplane, we make sure it's clean and ready to go because you never know when you're going to give up the airplane. We could have had a crew and hobby that was just starting their day. Their plane could have had a maintenance issue. And then the company would send them to our plane and take our plane. That's just a possibility. You always have to be ready for that. So you always want to give the plane how you receive the plane, which should be in pristine conditions. And a lot of times after a long day, that's the last thing you want to do, but it only takes a couple minutes, clean it up, wipe it down, make sure the stock is presentable and vacuum up the floor and you are ready to go. 
Uh, it wasn't cold enough to where we had to take all the liquids off the airplane in the winter time. That is something that we do have to do, which can add an extra 10, 15, 20 minutes. You have to take all the liquids off the airplane and make sure nothing freezes. Uh, the last thing you want to do is have a Coke pop in, uh, literally pop, not like soda and pop, but like literally blow up in the uh, cabin overnight. And that creates a sticky mess that you don't want to deal with. So every once in a while, we have to take all the liquids off and uh, kind of purge the Nespresso or the Keurig, whatever we have on board and make sure those don't freeze. That adds a little bit more work on the beginning, but it was warm enough to where we didn't have to do that, or we could have just gone in a hangar. Uh, I feel like I'm rambling a lot, but that's kind of a day in the life. Uh, let me know if you like this, if you enjoy this. I'll probably re-listen to this to make sure it was quality information, but that was a day in the life. That was day uh, three. I think we flew seven hours that day. It was a fun day, flying with a good crew. Uh, it's a great industry. If you want to get into this side of aviation, I highly, highly recommend it. Work your butt off, get the hours and apply and you can do it. But Aviation, I hope you're having a great day. Uh, like I said earlier, check out Pilot's Coffee. It is the best coffee in the game. I highly recommend it. Follow us on Pilot to Pilot. Leave reviews and force your friends to listen to the podcast. The world needs more pilots and you can do it by downloading Pilot to Pilot on their phone. It's as easy as that. They pretty much turn into a pilot immediately. Uh, Aviation, I hope you're having a great day. And as always, happy flying.